Welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. That man making the sound of, I'm going to say, the wrapping up of the 2022 Formula One season in the Middle East is Andrew Berger. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Good to be here. We were here last week. We're going to keep going. Yep. And we are talking Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Well, Joe, we're joined by a fellow Formula One fan from my neck of the woods, Philadelphia. It's Toby Milrod from the podcast SMQBs. Toby, welcome. What's up, guys? Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Just so everyone knows, we, we tried to have Toby on way earlier, but he said, no, I want to be on <laughs> after Abu Dhabi. That's my race. That's when I'm coming. And Joe and I were like, okay. Yeah, definitely. Had to be Abu Dhabi. The man knows what he wants. Had to be. Wrapping up the whole season. It's the perfect race to talk about. I mean, tensions are high. These guys really want to do well in this race because not only does it help themselves in driver standings, it also helps them in constructor standings. So the team as well wants them to succeed. I mean, the team always wants them to succeed. But I feel like now is really where you make your mark in Formula One, Abu Dhabi. I was really hoping for a Hamilton redemption and him just going nuts. Yeah. I mean, I knew that wasn't going to happen. The Mercedes isn't the right car for that track. They went into it saying they're not going to do well. Straight line speed is the way that track is laid out and the Red Bulls are the car to beat. The Red Bull just had it this year, man. They they went full 2010 through 2013 on us. You know what's crazy about Abu Dhabi, you guys? So last year, of course, Abu Dhabi had an exact tie going into the final race for first place. And this year, Abu Dhabi had an exact tie going to the final race for second place. There are not a lot of sporting events where the audience is gripped wanting to see who is going to come in second place. But we had that in this race down to the final lap. It was pretty good. And when Max clinched his championship earlier, everyone, you know, kept being like, oh, Formula One's going to be boring now. Not everyone, but a lot of people were like, well, it's not the world championship's over. It's not going to be as exciting anymore. And I've we've said it many times on this podcast. Like, no, second place, third place, constructors championship. It's like that still matters. That's what makes this exciting. Second place was such a screw up. I, I might even say I'm no longer a Max Verstappen fan. Well, first of all, is screw up your word? (laughs) Also, that's a hyphenated word. So we'll count that as one word, if that's your word. You know, no, because that encompasses two races. I think for me, this race was just, it was ceremonial. Every, everything was already won. And it felt like everyone was just getting ready for Sebastian Vettel's departure. As we've been waiting since he announced it back in April. And... There's there was what three or four drivers leaving the grid, so it felt just like we were. It's like it's like going in for an operation. The doctor preps you. He tells <laughs> you what's going to happen. You know you expect. You know you'll be in pain for a few weeks after, but after that you'll feel fine. This is exactly like what the muscles I'm cutting into, and then you show up for the day of, and you're like, all right, I'm here. Let's let's just get it done. Um, I'm ready. And now the operation's over, and I'm really sad 
that Danny Ricardo is not going to be on the grid. I mean, I got to say, I, I, I would agree with you, but also I haven't had many ceremonial surgeries. It's fun. You should try uh, it. I guess a, <laughs> like a circumcision, a brisk. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, what's a ceremonial surgery? But um, if we didn't have Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo battle, they ended tied. But I think Romeo, they, they're in sixth because they have a better, they had a better position in early races. Does anybody know which race that was? I can't remember off the top. I don't remember, but I do know that Alpha ended up being sixth. Yeah. And then also the battle for second between Perez and Leclerc. And then we had such an exciting moment with the whole Max Perez thing. Like, are these guys going to duke it out? So if if we didn't have those things, also if we didn't have how many, four people leaving, if we didn't have Latifi, Sebastian Vettel, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Mick Schumacher leaving, you know, it, it would have been, I guess that makes it ceremonial, but it, it, it wouldn't have been as exciting. So that's what made it exciting for me. And I will say my word going in is battles. This was a fun race. How many awesome battles did we have during this race? We had uh, on lap seven, we had Perez, yeah. Vettel, Alonso, all three duking it out. 49, we had Vettel and Ricardo, and they're fighting for points because I think this was before Hamilton DNF'd, so they didn't know if this was for 10th place, I believe, at the time. So either one person was going to get points and one person wasn't. Yeah. But since Hamilton got out, they ended up both in the points. Ricardo actually got ninth. Vettel got 10th. Happy to see him land in the points. Yeah. We had Latifi versus Mick with that weird incident on 37 which I think Mick just collided with them. I don't know how he didn't avoid them. That pirouette that Latifi and Schumacher did that the the synchronized driving. Yeah, <laughs> when they when they when they slowed it down, when they showed the slow mo and they had it synchronized as they were reversing, I was like, wow, this is like beautiful. synchronized driving. It was beautiful. We needed some Tchaikovsky playing to it. <laughs> They should have just like how they have like synchronized swimming and synchronized ice skating. They should there should be synchronized Formula One on off season. <laughs> but this race, no more Latifi. Latifi, like like we said, Joe, in the past, Latifi is the average man in the swimming pool in the <laughs> Olympics, swimming against Michael. Well, Phelps. the average man doesn't have a billionaire family. That that is he's, true. He's the last of like the pay for spot drivers on the grid i think mm, right i still think i still think lance stroll gets in on that oh too. yeah i i always forget lance stroll exists Can, yes. cannot forget that backstreet yep. boy he's still yeah. in there <laughs> he's, he's still he's still in that seat yeah. from daddy's money lance stroll looks like if a backstreet boy was like hitting the face two by four or something <laughs> his face always looks puffy to me like he got stung by a bee and he's allergic. If you want like the oxymoron of drivers being together, Lance Stroll with Fernando Alonso, just come on. Like, I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. The combination it's be a drama show for 23 because they're going to be, it's everyone hates them. So they're going to take on the role of the villain. I think even more, maybe even more than Max, like everyone kind of likes to hate Max. And I, I get the feeling that Max doesn't mind playing the villain. He gets, he literally shows up in a city, 
gets booed, makes poll, gets first place, gets booed again, then leaves and goes, ah, great weekend. You know, Max Max isn't affected by the, the crowds booing him. He's so, Nicky like, Lauda. He, he has Nicky Lauda's, like, the way he stands. And I was thinking that during the race. I was like, man, his posture and everything is Nicky Lauda. But Stroll and Alonso, it's going to be like... Uh, what's Moose and Squirrel? What's uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle's? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. What are the, you know, I forget their <laughs> names. Natasha and, Natasha and, uh, and the other guy. Yeah, Boris. Yeah. Natasha and Boris. Yeah. It's going to be Natasha and Boris. <laughs> like, I think it, they're going to do, they're going to help Formula One out by just playing that villain role. And it's going to be so fun to watch because Alonso is in his sassy years. He's he's too hot for everything he's 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 a geriatric formula one driver who just needs to hang up the racing suit God, he's still doing good he's still doing good where did he land in drivers he's ninth yeah he he definitely he's like you know he's like seb i mean he's a grizzled veteran that knows each of these tracks with their eyes closed and knows to, how to make his way up the pack um alonzo was pretty impressive uh, with the exception of a couple of mechanical retirements, he raced very, very well. Yes, in a, such an unreliable car. We have to really point out how many DNFs he got from just the car malfunctioning. Yeah, totally. that's fair. So if, if he had a good car, he would be higher up the pecking order. For sure. Is Aston Martin really that much of a step up? Well, that's what I was going to say. In order for these guys to play the role of villain that I think we all want them to, that car has to perform better next year. Like, I almost want Aston to perform better so that they can matter more. Because for the most part, Stroll and Seb didn't matter very much this year because of the car. Yeah. Stroll does show promise, though. You know, everyone likes crapping on Stroll, and I'm all for it. But the man has complete potential. He does a lot of stuff that looks great when he's firing on all cylinders. Obviously, he's in an Aston Martin, so it's not the best car in the world. But, like, I truly see him doing a lot better next year than this year. I hope. Well, I think Andrew was onto onto something with with the ceremonial because the word that I had written down for the race was coronation. Uh, You know, it, it was the crowning of a number of occasions i mean it it, after all while it was wrapped up weeks ago it it was the crowning of the champion at the end of the season for max it was we were waiting to see the crowning of second place and it came down to the final lap and it was the crowning of a career an incredible career 299 starts for i you know of course, there will always be Sir Lewis, but in terms of gentlemen of racing and just kind of the soul, the moral compass of Formula One, Sebastian Vettel, uh, four world championships, an incredibly revered driver. Hopefully you guys saw the the standing ovation that all the drivers lined up to applaud him as he took to the track. That was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. And uh I, I just think he's a very galvanizing figure that brings all those drivers together and, you know, is the capstone to a career. So f- for all of that, you know, just Abu Dhabi, like you guys said at the top, for lots of reasons, we thought, well, it's just kind of like they have to complete the circuit. So it's just the final race. But there were lots of crowning achievements to that race. And 
I think Formula One will miss Seb. I really do. He'll be back. I was. T- <laughs> I think so too. In some in some way or another, he's get, He'll be Mick Schumacher's uh, manager, driving instructor. He'll come back with Mick. He'll be team principal at uh, Ferrari. He would be able to build the team. I mean, Nicky Lauda in 1976 rebuilt Ferrari. He didn't win the championship, but I'm sure you both have seen the movie Rush or heard of it. I saw parts of it. It, uh, great film. Let me ask you guys a question about Mick since yeah. you brought it up. Because I, I, I really, I'm on the fence about this. You know, how much is name? How much is driver? Because right now, I think it's, mostly name i haven't seen a lot of driver yet but i'm curious to hear what you guys have to say on mick here joe you want to start it (laughs) he's expensive and he was on a team that's notorious for not having money they're notorious for being like hey we need better sponsorships you know steiner will be next to that boat you know like that whole drive to survive viral moment of him being next to that boat trying to get money you know, they wanted a German fan base, and Schumacher is a huge name in all of auto sports. If I leaned, if it was a, a spectrum, I would lean very heavy on the name side. But that said, super young, definitely has potential. Was showing it the later half of the season, probably when Haas already made their decision to get rid of him. I think it's really stupid that Haas is now going to be like two drivers over 35 years old. How old is Nico and how old is uh, K-Mags? Kevin Magnuson. Yeah, they're older. So like keep, yeah. So I think honestly it was a, give give Mick one more year, even though I don't think he's the best driver in the world, but he's also so young. And I'm not a big fan of like, well, just keep the guy because of his name or his money or whatever whatever like logan Sargent, i i think a lot of that's because in, he's an american that's why he's gonna be on the grid there's other people that probably deserve it more than him but they just really want to get an american on the grid because they want that audience i think mick is kind of the same thing because of the schumacher name i really want to be a logan Sargent fan i really hope <sighs> he does well did you see him in free practice i did not how'd it look didn't look great <gasps> no yeah. not good so he- but again he just got enough points on his yeah. super license. It's yeah, and driving a Formula One car, from what I hear, is just a complete different beast from any other race car you can drive. He's not in the same class of Piastri or Devries. I think both those guys. I don't know whether you'll see, unless there's a accident filled race. I don't know that you'll see either one of them on a podium next year, but you'll see them in the points. You will see. Piastri in that McLaren in a points situation next year. And, you know, we already saw Debris race well this year. So I just don't, I mean, listen, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a great American race car driver, but I don't know that he's in the same class as those other rookies next year. It's PR. It doesn't feel like it's earned racing stripes. It feels like it's, hey, we want this name. Push it through. But you never know. They said the same thing about LeBron James. Drafted right out of uh, high school, had a sneaker deal before he stepped on the court. They're like, "This, it's too much on this kid's shoulders. He's going to collapse." Look at him now. So the crazier things could happen. 
For those that don't watch basketball, I don't know why I use basketball for my analogy, but I'm trying to mix it all together. <laughs> I'm going to take the under on Logan being the next LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> fair bet. Fair bet. Mentioning DeVries, I want to say, because Ricardo tied with Vettel in the in the driver's points. Love it. Uh, DeVries tied with uh, Latifi in the driver's <laughs> standings. <laughs> I feel for the guy. It's it's a little embarrassing, but you know. I was just gonna say he became an F one meme. That's really what it became. He became a meme. Go TV. Like yeah, yeah. You know, of course, Max gets all the headlines or most of the headlines. But I, I was looking at some stats um, of some of the pretty remarkable consistency of the also rans. Uh, Charles. Ended up finishing six podiums in his final eight races. Uh, George Russell had 19 top fives in 22 races. So, yes, the Red Bull car is going to remain the one to beat, but there's not a shortage of good racing right now. I mean, Charles and George are so young, they're so promising as the changes happen in the rules. It, and and things kind of even out on the technology. I I really hope for years we'll see Charles and George push uh, Max. Charles had so much against him. Him getting second is a bigger feat than him just getting second. It's him getting second with a Ferrari strategy. Agreed. How many times did Carlos Sainz scream on the radio, stop inventing, stop inventing? Like they literally <laughs> drove those drivers insane with their horrible strategy. But Joe, isn't it isn't it so ironic that in the end in Abu Dhabi that it was Ferrari's strategy that got Leclerc second? Because in the end, the one stop proved to be the winning strategy over Checo. Not for everybody though. Vettel did bad on the one stop. He got passed by Stroll, who was on the two stop because they split strategy. So I think it's because of Leclerc. There was a lot of craziness happening in that race, but for that race, the two-stop was the way to go. The one-stop, mainly everybody did poor. But yeah, Leclerc is a beast. He he deserves a championship. They Ferrari's got to they gotta do some reorganization in there uh, internally. Well, if the rumors are right, Benotto's gone come January. Yeah, they got to throw him in. Where did uh, Napoleon go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to use, I'm trying to make an, an Italian joke. <laughs> didn't they uh, cast out no not Napoleon uh, oh my god Caesar guys I don't know anything I don't actually know history <laughs> salute to all our European fans <laughs> hi everybody Joe Leonardo here and this is Andrew Berger Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at statesidef1 at gmail.com. Let, let me ask you guys something about that one stop, two stop between Charles and, and Checo. 
So I've never been a math major, but if I was doing my math right, Checo in a better car with fresher, hard tires should have caught Leclerc. He should have caught him. If he had the pace. So, yeah, I mean, did Charles say the power unit uh, and give it some more at the end? Like what? There wasn't a lockup that Checo had. So what was it? that prevented him from catching him. He had a battle early on with um, Vettel and Alonso. That slowed him down. That ate a lot of time. Uh, He also complained about being held up by Max, lap 29. Also, everyone was saying, at least the announcers were saying, uh, towards the end of the race, oh, he's going to catch up to Leclerc. He's going to catch up to Leclerc. I'm looking at it. I'm like, this guy doesn't have the pace. Leclerc's a better driver. Checo isn't... I, this might be controversial. I don't think Checo's on the same level as Max, Leclerc, Russell. Uh, he's, he's a number two. Sign, uh, yeah, no, he's better. Than, I don't know. He's equal to signs. I always give signs more credit than he deserves. But um, I think Checo's just in a great car. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on the other end of that. I mean, his several lap battle to hold off Lewis last year his, you know, racing from the back of the pack earlier this year when he was starting, I think, at 20th or 19th and finishing on the podium. I mean, he definitely has that fearlessness. Uh, and some of his overtakes are just masterful. I would say he's a step above science. And I really think I think he's exactly where he finished. I think he's just a notch below Leclerc. I think Russell's better than him. I'm not, I'm not even a Russell fan. Russell's fantastic. He's good. I had this debate with the, with the SMQBs about, it wasn't really a debate because I think we ended up on the, on the same side, how, you know, Botas in the Mercedes, I think you, it revealed who he was once he was in the Alpha, but Russell couldn't do that much in the Williams. You put him in the Mercedes, he looks like a superstar. It's hard to really judge when you're in that Mercedes car. That's why I'd love to see these drivers go off against each other in the same machinery. Who kept saying that? Oh, no, yeah, Nico Rosberg. That guy's he's got to shut down his YouTube channel. <laughs> what was it, 2016? Yeah, 2016. He's not even valid anymore. No, he's. would you call him famous YouTube star? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> famous YouTuber uh, Nico Rosberg claims he beat Lewis Hamilton in the same machinery. <laughs> What do you all? What do you all think of of the uh, the new shakeup, the new drivers? Just to clarify, just off the top of my head, we have Nick DeFries going to Tari Alpha Tari. Tari. Mm-hmm. We have Oscar Piastri, McLaren, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Daniel Ricardo, fan fave. We have Nico going to Haas. We have Logan for Williams. That's the four. And Gasly's moved over to Alpine. Yep, yes. Gasly, Alpine, and then if we're talking current grade, we have Alonso to uh, Aston. Aston, yeah. I'd like to see – I thought it was uh, a little bit of regression this year for McLaren. I was a little surprised to see that this year. I thought they'd perform better. I think Lando's a phenomenal driver. That's somebody who I'd love to see in a car and go toe-to-toe with the same machinery. I think Lando is a phenomenal driver. Uh, I really think he's the best of the rest. And I think Piastri had an incredible F2 career. And it'll be interesting to see 
that McLaren with two good young drivers, if the car makes some improvements next year, that's that's the new pairing that I want that I've got my eyes on for next year. Lando, the only person other than the top teams to get on the podium for twenty two. Yeah. Right. I was hoping for a flash of Ricardo, but I guess uh it wasn't meant to be. I feel like he still did better than Norris the past two years though, because he won a race for McLaren. Podium's cool, but it's not a win. But that was a one-two. Lando was second. Yeah, but right. And also, how many bad things had to happen for them to get that one-two? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. That race was an anomaly. Like twelve cars that finished that race, or maybe ten or something. <laughs> it was insane. So, yeah, and I agree everything with everything you said about uh, Piastri. It's going to be fun to watch because they have the youthful energy and the youthful vigor and the wanting, you know, being new in Formula One and, all right, I got to show myself. And there's also, like, there's unwarranted confidence that comes with youth that's always great to watch. Until they have their first accident. Sure. Uh, DeFries has the best possible thing going in to Formula One is he already got points. Yeah. It's almost like being a virgin, right? Like you want to pop your first cherry by getting points. Oh my God. Know? And he did it already. It's almost like he, it's, he's like the kid who got laid when he was like 13. So Joe, you are the king of metaphors for the pot, huh? You've, you've jumped multiple sharks on this one podcast episode of the metaphors. Guys, I'm high on Pepto-Bismol right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see this flip-flop of Alonzo, who I think carried Alpine a little bit to their fourth place in the constructors. I'm interested to see the flip when you put Gasly in that seat with Ocon, and I think Ocon's incredibly underwhelming. Um, mm. But I, Gasly and Ocon versus you know Alonzo and Stroll and the Aston, I, wanna, I really want to compare those two constructors next year with that flip. Yeah, I I really want to be a big Gasly fan. I really want to see him do well. He I I think he needed to break free of the Red Bull uh, chains, but I still don't think Alpine is the team to achieve greatness with. It, there is still just a midfield team that is in Formula One for marketing more than actually achieving greatness. I can see that. I can see it. Two ways. I can see it, what, how you just explained it. And I can also see that Alonzo was such a party pooper that he literally brought the vibe of that whole team down and they're so happy to get rid of him. Yeah. I think they're so happy to, for him to be gone. And I kind of do like the idea of a, a full French Alpine. That's fun. It's interesting. You yeah. fell for the marketing. Yeah, I know that's pure marketing. I know, I mean, that's literally what you just said. Uh, hopefully that adds an energy to it. Like, all right, this is for France. There's going to be a little bit of uh, a Les Mis vibe going in, like a revolution. Like, all right, hopefully nobody loses their head. They're, if they want to do a, a French, you know, an honor to France, they should put them on bicycles during the races then. <laughs> it's probably better than uh, this year's Alpine. Yeah, Alpine. Ocon just seemed like just a brick wall that some people, like the top drivers, if they got behind him, they wouldn't be able to pass. And he's a good defensive driver, but other than that, Ocon's got nothing. 
uh, he beat Alonzo. Uh, he got eighth. Alonzo got ninth. But again, Alonzo had so many DNFs. Yeah. Last thing I really was looking forward to getting on here to asking you guys and your expertise. So Perez was lost out on two points because of Max's little stunt in Brazil where he wouldn't give up the lead of over Checo. And in the end, Perez finished three behind Charles. So the question is, if he had those two points, would anything have been different? Would the strategy have changed? Do we think that if Perez gets those and comes in to Abu Dhabi up to, that he holds on to it and that Red Bull takes even more aggressive strategies in making sure Checo finishes second? I think the the vibe or the relationship internally with the team would have been more settled if Max listened to the team orders. So they would have gone in a lot more relaxed. So it wouldn't have been as contentious in getting Perez up to second place. And Max would have been more interested in, well, I guess blocking, like blocking Leclerc if he had to. And they still, I feel like they still would have planned for an intense strategy to make sure he kept those points. But it would have been like a plan B or C instead of a plan A. Yeah. I'm I'm a huge believer of the butterfly effect. I think if things were different in Brazil, things would have been different in Abu Dhabi, right? If they came in and didn't have that two-point issue, the energy in the team would have been completely different, and that affects certain things. I mean, basically, I'm just repeating what Andrew said. That said, I still don't think he would have won. Hmm. Um there's 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 this whole conversation now. It's like, oh, Max should have slowed down to drop Leclerc back so Checo can catch up to him. At some point, it's like, how much can we ask a driver to sacrifice, right? He was seven seconds in front of Leclerc, I believe. We're, we're talking about podium finishes. Like, you're not going to ask a driver to sacrifice a podium finish. That goes on their record and everything, right? So... I, I don't know. Would things have been different? I do believe things would have been different, but I think the result would have still been the same. Guess we'll have to wait to 2023 to see how all that plays out. Yeah. My final word on the 2022 season is a begrudging nod of the cap to Max with a spectacular 15-win season. Yeah. A begging Sir Lewis to come back in full form for next year. And a thanks for the memories to Seb. He'll be missed from the grid. Yeah. Seb Seb and Lewis have similar energy, but Seb just comes off so much more genuine than Lewis does at this time. Well, there was a growth to it. I think him having kids uh, changed him a little bit. Because remember, we're all looking at Sebastian Vettel with you know rose-tinted glasses, but the man was hated. In, yeah, if we, if we went, if we had a time machine and went back a couple of years, we would not be ha- we would not be saying Sebastian Vettel, what a lovely flower. <laughs> We'd be saying this guy's an ass. Yeah, he's got an attitude. He, yeah, yeah, he's got an attitude. It's it's always the driver who's winning. Everyone can't stand. Sure, that's that's a rule in all sports. Yeah. Th- 
Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Thanks again to Toby Milrod from the podcast SMQBs. Find them on all your podcast streaming devices and follow them on, on their socials. What are your socials? Find us on TikTok, Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's the main place you'll find us. Cool, cool, cool. And as always, please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at StatesideF1 and TikTok at StatesideF1 Podcast. Feel free to DM us. Send us memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will respond and follow you back. See y'all next week. Later. Later.